If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by a very special guest, just special, probably not very. Not (laughs) only is she a lifelong horror fan and Elvira enthusiast, but also, more importantly, less importantly, less importantly, she's my, she's my other half. She's my girlfriend. She's my life partner. She's co-parent to a jug called Dennis, long-suffering horror podcast host companion. Welcome to the show. And I'm about to full name you, which is weird. Charlie Stanbury. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Now, this is kind of weird because we're, we're, we're in the same house recording we this. We are indeed. There, there, uh, there would have been a way, I think, for us both to appear on the screen at the same time, but... I don't know. We recorded something before, like a gaming thing, and like you couldn't hear both of us in the microphone, could you? No, no. So you I could think hear you and I was just a mumbler. I'm the, to be fair, I'm the only one that's important in this scenario. That's so it doesn't true. matter. Yeah. It's true. It's not true. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, this is weird because you're upstairs, I'm downstairs, upstairs, downstairs, whatever that was. That was a <laughs> sitcom. And yeah. uh, we're recording a podcast for the first time together. I know. First time ever. How does it make you feel? Um, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all just right. all right. I'm just it all makes, right. Um, it makes me feel average, mediocre, yeah. normal. It makes me feel normal. It's I'm fine. impartial. I'm impartial to it. To be fair, uh, it's last last ditch, last chance saloon. Andy's still in still in Las Vegas. Yeah. Luke's in the Luke's in the Never Realm slash. What's that place where Super Superman, where Zod went at the end of Superman? I don't know. Fan- Phantom Zone. Phantom Zone. Yeah. Luke's in the Phantom Zone. Andy's yeah. in Las Vegas. So I was like, who can I call upon to be a, a last minute, last ditch? I'm joking, not a last minute, <laughs> last ditch. 
you can keep seeing me wobble and I just want to point out that is because <laughs> Dennis is <laughs> scratching um against my leg it looks like you're just like having a really small headbang I'm like yeah <laughs> I absolutely love this podcast so far well this is weird because obviously I've been doing this podcast for years before you since before you knew me during the time born. you've known me before you were born before I was born this is an interesting fact for, for listeners because I probably I might have mentioned it on the podcast before. Me and Charlie uh, were born the same day, the same year, mm. we're exactly the same age. We we're born on the 31st of December 1986. Isn't that strange? Very strange. Whenever I tell people that, they're like, that's weird. Like people are genuinely a bit like, what do you it? think it is? Is it just fate? Is it just. Uh... Yeah. Do you remember yeah. being born and thinking, oh, I can sense him nearby? Yeah, I can smell him. What? That's weird. I mean, I was a baby, so I probably did stink because, yeah. you know, when you come out, you're covered in like all sorts of gunk. Gunk. We would have both been covered gunk. in gunk, gunk on the same oh, day. Well. <laughs> gunk the dog. Gunk. Uh, yeah, so obviously I've been recording this podcast usually in the same house as you, but this is the first time you've been a guest. Yes. You, yes. Normally thought? I can just, I can hear, yeah, um, distant mumbling. Downstairs. Yeah, I can't. I can't like really hear you normally, but I can hear. I can hear you, but not what you're saying. If that makes sense. So yeah. If I shouted now, anything, you'd hear me in the recording, but you'd hear me in real life as well. Exactly. I'm not going to do that. It'd be almost like there's two of you. How would you feel if there was two of me, Doctor Manhattan style? Doctor Manhattan style. Um, it could have its yeah. pros. You'd just be annoyed, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Uh, I could, I could, I could play play on the PlayStation and sort you yeah. out at the same time. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm not. Ooh, winners okay. <laughs> so the main reason we've got Charlie, <coughs> steady on. The main reason we've got Charlie on the show today is because she's an Elvira fan, an Elvira enthusiast, which obviously I mentioned in her intro. I was going. How do you feel about that intro? By the way, I tried to cover. Yeah, no, that was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, try, I enjoyed I try, it. Yeah. I, I was going to say Mrs., but that's not very it's, PC. Excuse me, it? bird. It's not very PC, and I don't think I'm the kind of person who would ever say that. I, anyway. I don't think you would say Mrs. No. Erindors. Here she is. We misses. There she um, is. Get back in the kitchen. Get back in the kitchen and make me a <laughs> pancake. Um, just one. So, obviously, because we went to the Forbidden Worlds Film Festival on the weekend, mm-hmm. and one of the movies we watched was the Elvira film, which I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you love Elvira. You've always I said, "I love Elvira. She's great." I bought well, you the book. You were a book. I got I got a question about her wrong on the quiz. If you, if I you know when you told me that, I was like, "Yeah." I mean, so my knowledge of Elvira is pretty limited because I kind of know who she is. I recognize. I've obviously seen photos of her and I've seen clips of her doing various things, but I didn't really know mm. what she was in terms of a cultural like icon yeah. and pop, cult- pop culture, horror pop culture as well, sort of person. Yeah. So, she's kind of like a weird hybrid one because she's she kind of ticks a lot of boxes for different kind of tropes. So like the horror trope, a lot to do with kind of like the gay community and stuff like that as well. Like I'd probably say she was very ahead of her time in the fact that she was... I think she's even said herself, like, she's a, a drag queen. Like, that's what Elvira is at its heart. You know, it's a woman who dressed as a different character, very over the top. But um, Has she, yeah. has she, has she been, this is a weird question, 
Because I know she is married, isn't she, to a woman? Yeah. Has she been like always gay? Yeah, I think in her book, I think in her book, she kind of says that, yeah, she's just always um, kind of kept it secret. I guess like in the late 80s when the film came out and because of the way she looks and it's probably a very male orientated audience for a lot of what she did. The I don't know, maybe she just thought it would be better not to come out. I, I she don't know. Came, she I, came out quite late. Am I right in thinking she? Yeah, it was only last late? year. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Which is quite interesting. But mm. I think the woman that she's married to, she's been with for like twenty years, thirty years. So it's been a long relationship. It's just the one that she's maybe she just likes to keep her private life private and her professional yeah. life. Do you know what I mean? Which maybe is, it's not something she's kept secret. Maybe she just didn't. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, it's no one else's business, I suppose. That's what she's probably thinking. It's none of your business, you lot. Business. Get out of here. Give it a rest. Um, Obviously, we'll get into a bit of the history of the character when when we start talking about the film. Mm -hmm. For now, got some horror news. So, obviously, the standard sections of the the show, which we do, which is like horror news and what we've been watching, what we've been watching is going to be exactly the same because (laughs) we've watched... We've been watching it together, haven't we? we Watching it together. That's how it works. That's Um, what we do. Because we're both horror fans, which is good. Because, you know, when you're in a relationship, sometimes you have very different tastes, but, you know, still lots of other things in common. But we've got, luckily, lots in common, especially horror films. I think, like, what would you say? 80% of what we watch film-wise is horror horror, horror adjacent. Yeah. Yeah, definitely horror adjacent. Yeah. It's definitely... Who's who's Jason? Jason. Wonderful segue, because here's the first piece of news. Crystal Lake, Friday the 13th prequel series coming soon from Brian Fuller and Peacock. Peacock is the name of a channel, not a man called Peacock. Uh, or an actual Peacock. Yeah. An actual Peacock. All yeah. the big feathers. So 13 years since the release of the last Friday the 13th movie, that that remake, which I pretty much don't remember anything about that. No. Um, no. Um, but apparently there's been like a messy legal battle since like in terms of who's got the rights um, and yeah so hugely surprised it's one of those things where you thought right surely they're going to announce a Friday the 13th slash uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street reboot because all of the other big horror icons kind of have, have had like new movies like recently and obviously like Chucky's got Chucky's got a TV series we've had Scream we've had Halloween now we've got Evil Dead mm, all the big Hellraiser Hellraiser yeah yeah so all the big horror franchises are getting movies so you kind of think surely surely now i don't know how i feel about this because i was kind of hoping that there would be a new film um yeah. but prequel series it's kind of interesting because i kind of think right they're obviously not going to take all of the mythology from the movies and stick stick to it like that because obviously there was no jason in the first movie um i can't just keep him as a kid because surely yeah. it's confusing because like if he's a prequel by the rules of what we've seen before, then it would just be a show about the kid Jason at the summer camp and how he dies. But that's mm. just not going to be that interesting. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, um, yeah. what's her name? Pamela Voorhees as well. Like, maybe it's like her her as a youngster growing up, different knitwear yeah. that, she, that she has. It's just weird because obviously the Friday the 13th franchise is synonymous to most people with like the hockey mask and that kind of like like you said with the pre with the um remake they did, they kind of made it mm. that he was like that, that's who Jason, he was the killer, blah blah blah. Yeah. But it's um yeah, it's interesting. Be interested to see where they decide to go with it. 
it's yeah, you I could mean, have potential. Was it that Bates Motel? That was a prequel series. Mm-hmm. I, I had pretty much no interest in that. I've not seen it. Have you seen it? Um, I've seen all of it apart from the last series, actually. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. But I know in the last series, didn't like Rihanna come into it and she played um, the character that Janet Lee plays. Oh, what? When she really? goes to the, yeah, when she goes to the motel. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Like, so yeah, I've not seen that one. I think that kind of threw me off. But that Vera Famagia, can never quite pronounce the Conjuring and stuff. Yeah, like she's incredible in it. She's really, really good from what I remember. So she's 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 his mum, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes this is the thing. Some some prequel series sound good and they work well, especially all. I wonder how that character came to be. But yeah. other things, certain characters, I think I don't always need to know the ins and outs of it and why that person came to be. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's nice to. A bit of mystery. And as, I, and as I've mentioned before on this show, one of the things I hate the most about any TV or movie prequel is when they, is when, and I feel like I'm just repeating myself here, is when they go, don't you want to know how this character came to be? Yeah, I do. Well, here's that character. And they're exactly the same as you've always known them to be. Like, yeah. They're already that character so it's like well there's no development there the only thing i think that did it kind of differently was the leatherface prequel which yeah spoilers, i've not seen that spoilers for leatherface prequel yeah. am i come on i can't spoil it for you nana but anyway, there's, there's a bit of a, there's <laughs> I, know, a bit I know of a mis- i do know how it ends so i know a bit, that, bit yeah. of a misdirect in terms yeah. of like you think a certain character is the character that becomes leatherface and then there's a mis. yeah then it turns out something else so yeah. That was good. I kind of like that. That was unexpected. But yeah, if they just go, I don't know what the Bates Motel series was like, but if they went, here's Norman Bates and he's already a bit of a nutter and dressing, dressing up as his mum and thinking about yeah, killing yeah. people. No, it hope... was quite a slow progression from what I remember. It was, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, so I think there's four or five series and in, I think it's not until like the fourth one where he's like proper lost it. I think he might have already, his mum might have already died at that point, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because if it's the one with Rihanna in, then it's got to that point that we see in the original film. That's kind of weird. Why would that character like, just appears for that movie? Like, he's got, yeah, no, no. Connection. He's got no connection to her. Why no. is he shanking her, shanking her in the shower? Yeah. I said shanking. You do say shanking. Okay. That, I mean, that's pretty interesting, regardless. I think, I mean, I'm sure we'll probably watch it, but let's let's wait and see. Yeah. That. Talking about um, uh, big franchises getting new stuff, the Evil Dead movie, Evil Dead Rise, has got a release date, which is next April, April the 21st. And there was an image as well from mm-hmm. it, which looks like a deadite being peered at through like a little peephole. Yeah. Because um, obviously it's taking place in a tower block. Uh, yeah. So the fifth Evil Dead film. A road-weary Beth pays an overdue visit to her older sister, Ellie, who is raising the kids on her own in a cramped L.A. apartment. Uh, something about a book. What, something about flesh-possessing demons uh, and a battle for survival. Um, yeah. How you feeling about that? Yeah, I like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think, um, yeah, I like that they're taking it to a modern place as well. Like it was in like a an apartment block or something like taking it away from the cabin it does seem a bit weird because it always felt as if the presence the evil that was at the cabin was at the cabin mm. 
Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but it's it's just the, wherever it's the, book, book, is, wherever yeah. the book is. Yeah. So, so Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell are both producing it. So apparently Campbell's definitely not in it. It says maybe there'll be like a little, I don't know, maybe it'll be on TV or something. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, so, a tiny little cameo. Um, cameo. But yeah, looking forward to this. Directed by Lee Cronin. And I <clears> this, I'm glad we finally got look at. Hopefully, get a trailer at some point soon as well. What did Dennis say? Um, there's a firework that went off outside, and he said no. Bloody fireworks on <laughs> November the second. Second, three down. days early. Three days early. Calm down. And then the other piece of news I got is the Last of Us release date. This was only a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it like leaked on. It was on some sort of app. I think like the HBO Max app or something. It had the release date on it, and I think people cottoned onto it. And then they've done an official announcement. So it's going to debut on the fifteenth of January. Um, nine episodes. Highly anticipated. Obviously, Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey is Joel and Ellie. Did you see the trailer for this? I did. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. I didn't play the game, but I watched you play it. Because um, <clears throat> I'm like yeah. that. I'm a bit of a backseat gamer for a lot of that sort of those sort of games. They're backseat gaming makes it sound like you're telling me what to do, but uh, yeah, I guess. Shoot, <laughs> swing, swing Kill the machine. <laughs> but Kill um, that one. yeah, I think it'd be good because obviously. Pedro Pascal, know him from things, and um, what did you say she was called? Girl, Bella, Bella Ramsey from Bella uh, Ramsey, Game of yeah. Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah, like she was a real standout in Game of Thrones. She was only in a few episodes, but obviously, like the themes of Game of Thrones, and she was just a child, and she was a bit savage, really. So I quite liked her in that. So yeah, yeah. Ellie's going to need that savage side. As apparently, there's like some of the creators of Chernobyl, which I think did well. I've not seen it, but. Apparently it won mm-hmm. Emmys and stuff. And executive producer Neil Druckmann, who obviously directed the games. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, and obviously with like big names such as Pedro Pascal and I think both Troy Baker and, um, oh God, what's her name? You know, who plays Ellie? Ashley. Oh, Ashley Johnson. They're both in it in some oh, capacity. Okay. That's cool. I don't, obviously not the main roles. Obviously not. Yeah. Maybe they're, they're doing the motion capture. Pedro Pascal, he's just he's just like he's a meat puppet. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm looking forward to this. It looks pretty much exactly as the game is, and obviously a lot of the, a lot of the themes as well. And I replayed Last of Us Part Two again fairly recently, so looking forward to it. Should be good. That's all I got for horror news. You got any horror news? Got any no. horrific news? Don't you think didn't bring you didn't bring any horror news. Didn't bring any podcast. horror news. I did read a thing today that said that that um, Winnie the Pooh film is going to get a one day theatrical release. Nah. <laughs> and I'm just I'm intrigued by it because it's that whole thing of like the um, the rights to the characters because they're so old is starting to become like public domain. And yeah. apparently, the guy who's done Winnie the Pooh is doing Peter Pan one as well. And it's just get your like, own ideas, isn't it, mate? The possibilities oh, are literally insane. endless, though. If that's the case, could you imagine? Yeah, but it looks like, like he's a... just made us. He's made a, like a slasher with a Winnie the Pooh mask on. Which yeah. is it's not actually Winnie the Pooh, is it? Winnie the Pooh only wears a t-shirt, and no pants. That's kind of horrific. Does it? Well, Does it do yeah. it's, like, it's like a crop top as well. It is a little crop yeah. top. Yeah. Because he's, I... he's what? Full of honey. His little big belly sticks out. So he's got. <laughs> it used to fit him that t-shirt. <laughs> He used to come down to his knees. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that 
that Winnie the Pooh movie nonsense. Sorry to rain on your. Oh yeah, no, I just I just think it's funny that it's it's getting a one day theatrical release. They've gone, we'll release it, but we're not going to go too hard. One day. One Have day. you seen that new Winnie the Pooh film? No. Oh well. Imagine, li- imagine little little old ladies going to the cinema and going, <laughs> oh, I love, I love Winnie the Pooh, and uh, they wrote Winnie the Pooh. I don't know. I love hey, Winnie the Pooh and Peter Robin and no Peter Christopher Robin. Robin. <laughs> Christopher Robin. You said Peter Pan. That's so confusing. <laughs> Christopher I love all that. Let's see what they're up to. Oh, God! But then could you imagine, like, horror versions of, like, Roald Dahl books? I think, like, just, stay in your, I think just stay in your lane, really, innit? I mean, I've got no, like, no like want or need for that. Like, I haven't got a need for, a, I don't know, uh, an evil dead, but with... Um, I was going to say with Bruce Campbell in a sitcom, but I probably would watch that. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean? I've got no, I think just stay in your lane with stuff like that because I think it's just, it's gaining an audience and based on notoriety. And then yeah. it's like people can kind of look past the fact of whether it's a good film or not because they're like, oh, have you seen, I just made a bloody Sasha film with Winnie the Pooh in it, let's stick it on. Whereas if it was, if it didn't have Winnie the Pooh in it, no one would care. And it was just a slasher in a bear mask, people wouldn't care here. Yeah. In a baby bear mask. A little baby bear, Billy Bear Ham mask. Oh, that is horrific. It, it would it would it would go out of date as well like on your face it would it would yeah it would stink okay that's it for our news now we've got what have you been watching this a bit this bit's going to be shorter than usual because we're both going to talk about exactly the same things yeah things but we have seen this week we've seen like three pretty big recent releases mm-hmm. that's what you could say four um including a couple of films we've discussed on the podcast and on the podcast we've said When's this going to be released? Now, we did speak about this next film during our Fright Fest episode when Lucy joined us and she wasn't much of a fan, but we couldn't really talk about it in detail because me and Andy hadn't seen it. But now we've seen it. So now we are going to, we're not going to, okay, these new releases we won't spoil, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll kind of just talk about it. So the first one is Barbarian, mm-hmm. um, which is releasing like cinemas and I think was on demand as well. And I, I can see quite a lot of people in the UK have been finally been able to see it, even though it's been, I think it came out a month or so ago in the US. So I guess we'll both talk about this. We did it. I probably would rank it up there as one of, if not my favorite horror, new horror film of the year. Mm-hmm. Just because what, what I'm glad about this is that I went into it completely blind and I had absolutely no idea about any of the details. Yeah, like I did. I did watch the trailer, but still didn't didn't give away enough. But I'm really glad I didn't because the amount of times during this film, well, that both of us went, what, what the, what the actual yeah. fuck? I didn't even see the trailer for it. I went in completely blind. I just knew it had Bill Skarsgård and Justin Long in it. That was it. That was all I knew. And I thought, okay, give it a watch. But yeah, it kind of yeah, it was pleasantly <clears throat> surprised by it. Yeah, I mean, there were loads of different ways that I kind of thought it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did just it just kept surprising me, and uh, I just thought, yeah, it was, it was a really good time. It felt like a really good like genre genre movie slash had some like B movie elements. Um, but I thought it was just pretty unexpected, and yeah, definitely, and and, and shocked, but just like well made. And I think it kind of it it the lead characters, the lead actors, were really good, mm-hmm. and there was some like dynamic and some difference in the characters as well. Like Justin Long is a bit of a bit problematic yeah um but yeah it was just interesting to see characters like this in a pretty wild and 
terrifying situation uh yeah. but yeah I really really enjoyed that one I enjoyed it a lot yeah it was yeah I'd probably say yeah same as you it's probably one of the best ones we've seen so far this year anyway yeah yeah new horrors at least because I think there have <clears> been <throat> a few there have been a few disappointments in terms yeah. of, some of the big ones yeah. um and the other film we saw was Pearl mm-hmm. Pearl which is the prequel to X. We said it was really weird that like the original film came out this year in like, I want to say May, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and the fact that a prequel came out as well, it makes you think they probably made them like at the same time or like back to back. Back Yeah. And who knows what order they did it. And I don't even know that. Maybe they did Pearl first and then. Yeah. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they did Pearl, but they wanted to see like how um, audiences took to x and i think a lot of people were this were saying it'd be interesting to see about the origins of those so it was mm. probably then the decision to release it quite quickly but i this think there's, be... a, there's a wait now isn't there for maxine oh yeah the third oh, one which too. is like yeah. the, the the continuation of the character from x yeah, yeah i think there is a there is a bit of a wait 2023 did we say 2020 or 2024 i'm not sure yeah um what did you think of pearl um yeah it's a weird one i i enjoyed it but i also don't at the same time really see the point in it if that makes sense um it was enjoyable it was quite a slow burn sometimes i quite enjoy that i I want something that's kind of not just action 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 with a horror film i think sometimes psychologically that's a good thing um but yeah no i enjoyed it and i think mia goff was incredible and i think she's a very very talented actress i think the more i see her in because she was in that um cure for wellness as well is it that what it was called cure oh yeah for... yeah oh, yeah she, she was wasn't she yeah, yeah she was good in that as well um she feels like one of those actresses who's been around forever yeah but obviously she can't have been in all that much i mean i kind of i kind of agree like i didn't really see the like initially i was like well prequel to x uh, am i that interested yeah maybe but i kind of think in terms of mia goth's performance she did more for my interest in the character than like yeah, anything exactly. else really did. Yeah. It wasn't she like I was thinking. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't thinking, oh, I wonder how Pearl came to be, why is she yeah. stabbing people up. Um, she obviously had a bit of a she's had a tough life, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was pretty, pretty brutal. And there was like a, de- a decent amount of tension when you wondered when she was gonna snap. And there's yeah. a couple of there's a couple of like sort of monologue scenes where She's crying. I think at one point, two tears come out of the same eye, which I was impressed by. Mm-hmm. That's pretty like, good. How, how'd you even do that? How'd you even learn to do that? Get two mm-hmm. tears out. One, two. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I liked it. And I think Ty West makes really good, like, looking films, and they've got, like, a certain vibe to it. Like, there's quite a... Um, there's obviously... It leans heavily into her... I'm obviously wanting to be an actress and a, and a singer on stage. And, mm-hmm. and then finding out that she's not good enough and kind of taking it very badly <laughs> yeah and it gave me it did give me like maybe it's like sort of like the farm southern vibes give me a bit of texas chainsaw massacre in it but obviously mm. not as gr- not as grimy and gruesome yeah. but still i thought it was good and i think i'll watch i think i did prefer x overall yeah just just because it had a bit like... more it had a bit more pushing it through didn't it like kind of a bit more story and a bit more drive and purpose whereas yeah with pearl like you say, it was just slowly watching someone become yeah unhinged. 
it was almost a character study and everyone that she came close to anytime there was an animal on screen anytime there was like a, a person oh they quite like each other no they're obviously gonna die they're obviously mm-hmm. gonna get stabbed up and i mean in the description it says x's iconic villain i don't know if we go as far as to say iconic villain at this stage because mm. not one of those characters that you always assume is a villain really like i wouldn't say you know yeah. doesn't seem doesn't seem yeah, entirely fair to... what did she what did she even really do in x I can't. I can't. Just, exactly. just killed a lot of people, didn't she? That was it. She was naked yeah. a lot. She fed was people naked to croc- a lot. Yeah. Fed and people to really, crocodiles. Yeah. She was quite randy as well, wasn't she? In that. She yeah. had the. She had a bloody oran on all the time. All the time. Couldn't all get enough. Bloody time. Okay. Next. Next that we've both seen is Terrifier Two, mm-hmm. which we only watched last night, didn't we? We did. Um, and. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you say. How do you feel about Terrifier Two first? Um. Bloody terrifying. Bloody terrified I was. Um, yeah, I <clears throat> I went into it not really expecting much. Uh, the first one was, it, you know, it was, it was a, I suppose it was a good introduction to the character of Art Clown, but the general story, the acting and everything wasn't great in the first one. Much bigger yeah. budget, I know, with this one. And I kind of liked it. I did kind of like it. I think that there were some creative and horrible horrible like kills in it there was some horrible stuff going on um that did actually kind of make me wince a couple of times um but I kind of liked the whole the kind of I guess it's supernatural side to it isn't it um and Mm. do you know what it reminded me of it reminded me a little bit of um oh my god what is it called what's the one where the guy (laughs) oh god this is gonna be awful um like can't wait gore, for this something something gore man do you know what i mean psycho, psycho gore man yeah yeah it reminded me a little yeah. bit of that that kind of vibe and i, I quite like it's, it's, it's like a bit 80s of a kind of b-movie kind of feel um, this is what was weird like the soundtrack was completely different this time around like it had sort of like synth yeah. wave and 80s sort of stuff yeah. Come, it almost felt like a coming of age story for certain characters and psycho yeah. gore man i think the reason it feels a bit like that is just because mainly because of the budget also because mm. like the, the the practical effects oh, I love really... the practical effects that was one thing I was going to say yeah I love seeing practical effects like more than I mean surely this if anything is the example of right gore effects CGI is done CGI is finished there's yeah. no way that, that anything ever needs to be CGI again when you mm. see the effect of these because it just looks like legit doesn't it It looks horrible it It looks looks horrible it looks so much more grotesque because it looks so real and i know that's the point but it's just yeah it's that that i think makes a lot of people feel more uncomfortable because it's you can tell that that could be real so it still feels kind of like a bit weird like an almost like a something that's like made for tv in a way rather than yeah like a movie i know sure that it's got it's got it's very low budget and it's doing very well and stuff like that and mm-hmm. i completely understand why i didn't vibe with the first one i'm not entirely sold by the appeal of it yet yeah maybe with another watch maybe if there's a third movie i'm not yeah. entirely sold by it because i still kind of think it's sure as great as a gore fest sure mm-hmm. art the clown is is creepy and you know the, the effects are like amazing the kills are amazing I think mm-hmm. there was a good lead character played by Lauren Levera. I think she was pretty awesome in yeah, terms she of what really she got good. to do. But I don't know about story-wise. Like, I like those supernatural elements, but I still feel like it's a bit thin on the ground when it comes to story. Like, mm-hmm. there's no one 
there's no like goal for any of these characters. There's no like real arc for any of these characters. It's kind of just yeah. arts killing people. Yeah, um, but like you say, there's we don't know why. Like I said to you when we were watching it, like why is he so angry? Like what what's happened? Who hurt him? Like well, <laughs> obviously we're supposed to think he's like a supernatural being, and yeah, like there's something but, else at play. But again, like it's that weird thing of like I kind of appreciate the fact that they didn't try and spoon feed you all the answers in the film and go into a whole like history of art and why he is the way he is i've got a feeling they'll probably go a little bit more into that if they do a third one and maybe talk about the origins of art the clown and how or why he exists like is he summoned like do you know what i mean like there's got to be he's got to serve a purpose has he been summoned by the crown court (laughs) he's been summoned but he um yeah he he exists for purpose but we don't have any inkling of what that is at the he's moment. obviously got like super supernatural superhuman strength for me because he's a little dweeb he is a little dweeb like, but he's... Just, he barely fills out that little clown costume like i don't know in terms of people saying he's an iconic movie villain i'm still again i'm still not entirely sold because he doesn't feel entirely unique in a way because it's kind of like part pennywise part freddy part you know it feels like an amalgamation of, yeah, of, of is, a lot yeah. of things rather than being an entirely unique character i like the fact that he doesn't talk and he's just brutal and yeah the kills were insane like whoa jesus christ that is that is horrific like and imagine that makes it feel like a sort of 80s video nasty in a way where when you see the kills you're like oh jesus christ was there was there any need to show to show it in that is there any need to kill someone like that just kill him and get it done um and obviously the, the running time has been discussed as well two hours 18 i don't think so we watched it in two two chunks didn't we because we got a bit tired first time around and then <laughs> yeah. and then we watched like this so so for me the running time didn't feel like it was that long because we watched it in two chunks but yeah. i think if you sat you know if you're in a cinema and you sat down i'm still i'm still not entirely convinced but you know i'm mm. not i don't it hate it while, it took a while to kind of like get into it as well in the sense that the first like 35 or 40 minutes not a lot really happened it was more like building the characters wasn't it and talking about the story which was and then when the when the violence and the gore did come it just didn't stop so yeah, yeah. i just think yeah interesting I mean, to see where it goes i think it had a lot it had a lot more substance than the first one i thought the first one was almost like because it was so because it was so brutal but it didn't have much substance to it. I almost felt like it was just, I was like, oh, come on. This is just, mm-hmm. again, probably how I feel about the Winnie the Pooh thing where I'm like, it's almost like all, it's all sort of like all for show and it's not, not really got any substance to it. Um, but yeah, the performances were a lot better this time around, which made it more convincing. And it just felt more, um, yeah, just felt better, I think. The, the quality of it was a lot higher. Yeah, more more like uh, imaginative as well. I think along the way because the last one was just like clan killing people. Yeah, so someone else turns up. You didn't know who was like the main character because main characters were getting killed off left, right, and center. And then you're like, oh, we're supposed to root for this person now. Mm-hmm. There are some connections, obviously, to the first film, um, yeah. which seem to maybe even be connected to the third film as well. Uh, and there is a Chris Jericho. Um, oh yeah, cameo, Chris and I'm like, Jericho. still not convinced. Chris, don't work there. What's he doing? Get back in the wrestling ring, Chris. Get back on stage with with Fozzie. Fozzie. You don't work in. A... <laughs> Fozzie, you didn't. 
You didn't know he was in a banter recently, did you? You were like, no, because he's playing. He's playing at the O2 in Bristol, and I saw a poster for it, and it's just said Fozzy, and I was like, that looks like G- like Chris Jericho, and I thought that looks like Jit. That looks like Jizz Jericho. Jizz Jericho, and I was just, yeah, so I had to Google it, but yeah, that was white when the first time I saw Thirty Seconds to Mars as well. I was like, that guy looks like Jared Leto. Oh really? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I was like, Hang on a minute. Oh, it's uncanny. Um, really, yeah. Really and then again, Googled it and I was like, oh, it is. Cool. There we go. Uh, and the last thing I thought we'd mention is obviously we went to the Forbidden Worlds Film Festival to watch Elvira, but on, so that was a Saturday night, but on the Friday night we went to watch Evil Dead 2 on, mm-hmm. on t- big screen as well, uh, which was which was good fun. It was. Got a bit of a neck ache from the looking up at it but yeah it was a big old IMAX screen and we were we were quite near the front weren't we yeah uh oh my bloody neck and then obviously we watched Elvira Mistress of the Dark which is uh there's nothing else we've got to cover on what we've been watching is there what else have we watched um we kind of we kind of watched that Curse of Bridge Hollow that family friendly Netflix movie while we were kind of with with Megan uh and it, I mean, I didn't really pay right. attention, I think. It was kind needed, of a needed more, needed more Kelly Rowland, I think, because Kelly Rowland was like the bill, third yeah. in the bill, and she was barely in it. Yeah, she was just making horrible baked goods that nobody liked. I felt a bit bad for her. Poor Kelly Rowland. Okay. Justice for Kelly it's, Rowland. It's it's um, payback for trying to send texts on um, Excel spreadsheet. Exactly, that's what happens if you try to send a text. Although I did see a video recently of someone saying you can actually do it in the most complicated convoluted way which is like you need you need like an excel code which opens an email which and the email's linked to like a text app yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. you can send it like that just send a text kelly for god's sake someone i, I did see someone also say maybe she's just writing it as a draft and then she was going to text it an excel spreadsheet's a weird one like word you could probably get away with that saying that oh i was just mocking up her sample in word but to put it in excel spreadsheet what i like to do is mock, mock up a, of all the texts i send is to mock up a sample send it to a few people to spell check it and mm-hmm. then yeah so apart from that is the uh film of the week film of the week which is it's the whole reason you're here the film of the week is elvira mistress of the dark which is a 1988 American comedy horror film directed by James Signorelli, starring Cassandra Peterson as the eccentric horror hostess Elvira, um, a character previously established in the television program, Elvira's movie Macabre. Never quite say that word correctly. Macabre? Macabre? Can't do it. Um, so it's the character's feature film debut. There is another film, isn't there? Um, oh, yeah. And... Hills. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this film has got 6.5 on IMDb, 3.6 on Letterboxd, critic scores 52%, bit harsh, 65, 65% audience score. Um, <clears throat> few choice reviews, one from Tony the Terror. He says, this movie is basically perfect. The corniest of jokes, heavy 80s aesthetic, 5,000 close-ups of Elvira's cleavage, five stars. Uh, <laughs> Abby Russell says, Baby Elvira is the best visual gag I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, five stars. 
That was funny. We didn't enjoy that. Baby Elvira. Yeah, Baby Elvira was good. Uh, and a cinema void says, the fact that Elvira is 70 now and looks exactly the same as she did 33 years ago only confirms that she is indeed a practitioner of the black arts. Four and a half stars. So they're all pretty yeah. nice reviews that I've chosen there. Um, yeah, so I've never seen this before. As I mentioned, I, I'm familiar with the character and I've seen clips of various things that she's sort of been in over the years. Um, but you've obviously seen this before. Mm-hmm. I have indeed, yes. And what, what is your relationship with Alvira? Not that kind of relationship, just what, what no. is your history of the um, love for the character? So I think the first time I saw anything with Alvira on was, I want to say it was the horror channel, but that might be incorrect. Um, but it was late at night. I was just going through the Sky channels <laughs> and um, yeah, they were doing reruns of Elvira's movie Macabre and it was just bizarre because it is basically just like they show in the film, um, Mistress of the Dark, it's a film showing and she's just talking about it over the top of it. Um, so that's what she does. She just literally the whole film plays and she just talks over the top of it. Yeah, it kind of like has like a little interjecting bits, I think, where it like maybe stops and she'll make like a witty comment and then she'll kind of be like bit advert breaks and she'll like talk a little bit about them and stuff. But it makes a 90 minute movie last all day. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. But um, I think that's mainly why a lot of the films that she did on it were like very short ones. I think they were only like an hour long maybe a bit more because and that's obviously a bit dodgy as well right yeah really like really like yeah ones that you could laugh at just because they were so bad i guess mm. okay but yes yeah, uh, so that, that was my first time i remember seeing her and i think i was probably like in my teenagers years like teenage late teenage years and just thought she looked wicked like just thought how, how would you really... explain that hairstyle how would you explain that bar because i can't get my head around it it is pretty mental. So it's, it's a mullet, isn't it? Basically, because it's got like, it's short on the top with the lengths underneath. It's like a hair, hair helmet slash beehive. Oh, yeah. And it's got the length. And there's even a scene in this film where she's like in bed mm-hmm. and the hair. And I'm like, is her hair that long? Yeah, it's like comes out. It looks all like octopusy, doesn't it, on the bed? Um, but I think I read something about the look was inspired by, um, with the hair, was like the Ronettes. It was so it's kind of got like a rock and roll kind of feel to it. Um, so like the beehive type thing is like correct. So yeah. Okay. But I did see as well, she said in an interview once, if you could change anything about the character of Elvira, would it be? And she said the hair. Because she said it's it looks amazing, but it was a pain in the ass to keep looking like that all the time. Ah, okay. Yeah, obviously it's a wig, but it's still probably quite hard to maintain it because of the the, the it's a wig. Yeah, she's so what? a natural redhead, like yours truly. Who's that? Oh, you! Uh, yeah, so obviously <laughs> Cassandra Peterson, that's obviously the, she's the most famous for, for that character. Um, and she's been like, there's been, she's like made a load of cameos in other films and stuff as well, hasn't she? She's popped um, up in loads of things, comic books, like she's got her own comic book, the Elvira oh, one. Yeah, yeah um and stuff like that yeah she's just kind of done a lot of yeah cameos like recently she's been a guest judge on the um boule brothers boule brothers dragula so like um a horror based version of like drupal's uh, drag race yeah kind of thing so she was on that um 
but yeah, just general cameo. She turns up in front of it's like the Simpsons even parodied like parodied her. So yeah, was, was, cool. was it Barbara? No, what? I can't Barbara remember Ellen? what she was called. No, something like that. Like look it up. Yeah, but I know that she yeah guest guested on it. So yeah, okay, right. So I'm not sure how this film came to be made. Obviously, they decided at some point that it, the character was lucrative enough to mm-hmm. make a feature film about. Um, so yeah, obviously, in terms of the cast, we've got Cassandra Peterson as Elvira. She also plays Great Aunt Morgana Talbot. Just voice of because I don't think we see. There's a fa- there's like a painting, isn't there? Yeah. Um, w. Morgan Shepherd plays Great Uncle Vincent Talbot, supposed to be played by Vincent Price, right? Absolutely gutted about that. That would have so been. What... And what did Vincent been. Price say? Vincent Price said, "I'd rather die." And what did he say? It, yeah. I think he thought it was a bit lowbrow for him. Is that? Yeah, right? I think yeah. Well, there's a lot of tit jokes in there and stuff like that. And you know, Vincent Price was a very um, yeah. What's, I don't what know. Is he, what is he be, conservative? Is he? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Is he? Like, yeah, I would have thought so. Like that sort of era, I guess he was more. Um, I guess he probably thought it'd be quite disrespectful. I guess because the first scene where you see him, he like Elvira grabs. Her uncle Vincent and like just shoves his head in her chest. So maybe Vincent Price was like, mm, no. Hang on a minute. Of all I'm the bits of this movie for me I'm to be involved busy in, in a in a castle building a boy with scissor hands. And it was around this time. Well, actually, probably two years before that he was in, doing the thriller thing. Yeah. I'm too busy building a boy with scissor hands. <laughs> Sorry, can't we? It's very dangerous. I got to be. It takes a long time because you can't run with scissors. You have to walk everywhere with them, mm-hmm. um, which makes building the scissor <laughs> scissor hands man really difficult. That's probably the reason. That's probably why it's older. Um, so yeah, who who else is is in the film? We've got uh, Daniel Green is <laughs> Bob Bob Redding, who's like the sort of love interest. Susan Kellerman. Is Patty now? See Susan Susan Kellerman. I recognise her. I recognise her as well. Yeah, I think she's in Beetlejuice as well. You know. Oh, um, she is. She's one of the people at the party. That's it. So you know when um, the scene where um, uh, have, like, the, I, I've the, got it now. Yeah, all around the table and like the things come out. Um, and they're singing that song, the Harry Belafonte song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's one of the guests at that with like the curly hair and yeah. yeah. Now you've said that, I'm like, that's exactly who she is. Edie McClurg, what a name, plays Chastity Pariah, who's like the town uh, busybody, you would say, sticking her fingers in the pie. I recognise her from loads of stuff. I think she's been in loads of like 80s and 90s movies, playing pretty much the same character, I swear. Yeah. Just a sort of, yeah, like a busybody. Um, And then there's obviously loads of kids, like teenagers in it as well. We noticed... um, a kid from Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors, yeah, the one that plays um, like the with like the dun- is it the Dungeon Master one or the Wizard one? I don't know. Again, he looked quite similar, didn't he, with like the glasses? Yeah, that's exactly the same. So I think this, this must have been. I think maybe nineteen eighty-seven. Dream Warriors it was only a year later. He was in it. Um, yeah, and then uh, Kurt Fuller as well is in it as like the. Um, Solicitor, not solicitor. What's the American word for that? Lawyer, <laughs> and all, all I recognise him from is uh, Ghostbusters too. Oh, okay. As, yeah, again, playing a, a very similar character. So there's a lot of like familiar faces, 
And not yeah. only are they familiar faces from like the 80s and 90s, but they're also like playing characters that I think they've kind of made a living from playing yeah. those sort of characters or like character actors, I guess. Yeah, the um, guy who plays Kanicki in Greece, he was in it as well, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. There's like two like thugs. They're like two the... thugs slash douchebags who are like almost like, I don't know, so different. One of them's like, like the guy who plays Kanicki is kind of like got the slick back greasy hair and the other one's just like a proper doofus yeah got the thugs in it and you like henchmen like proper henchmen characters weren't they yeah i mean this is it's, it's mainly like a comedy film i guess like the it's pretty thin on the ground of the horror elements but i guess just because well actually i suppose come the end like the final act gives a bit more horror mm. film and because oh, Elvira, yeah because elvira is like obviously an iconic sort of horror mm-hmm. um character from pop culture as well that kind of works as well did you know that um sandra peterson nominated for the razzie award for worst actress in 1989 for a performance in the film awful the i mean how, how could you i mean i don't think you could look at this film and think it was a bad performance because surely she's delivering exactly what she's supposed to deliver i think her like comic timing's really good yeah like the jokes are most of them are good some of them are bad but, you know, the, her comic timing kind of adds to that. And it kind of feels like one of those things that, like, is tongue-in-cheek and kind of knows it's being a bit silly and bad and, like, the jokes yeah. are, like, puns and yeah. sexy jokes and stuff like that. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's, she's, not, she's not really acting to be Elvira because it's her personality. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's almost like it's not to be taken seriously at all. Um, yeah. I don't know why so... you would take it seriously anyway. Um, yeah but obviously she's not trying to portray a real person like that's if that's what people think it's kind of missing the point i think yeah no no i agree um okay so obviously we'll just we'll go through like the plot as well how was watching it so i'm assuming obviously you've never seen it on the big screen before no no just on you've you've never seen it on a if you've never seen it on a big screen have you ever seen it on a bloody imax screen IMAX. Um yeah, no, just just watching it like on DVD. Old school. Yeah. But you yes. see it on the big screen nicer. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. Because like it's one of those <laughs> films that unlike unless there was an event like the one we went to, it's not a film that would be picked up to be shown in so it looked it looked like anyway. one of yeah, so it looked like one of the one of the programmers for the for the film. I don't think it was either Tess or Tony, who obviously were on the on a bonus episode of this of, this, of the podcast, um, I think somebody else who was programming the show like was obviously a fan and wanted to and had to convince everybody else to sort of put this on yeah. on the big screen, which is good, you know, because it's like a, up, the turnout was good. There was quite a lot of people there, though, wasn't there for it? Yeah, so like when we went to watch Evil Dead, I think that was pretty much full, and I'd say this was like getting there, like it was pretty mm-hmm. close to being yeah. full. There were more people um, there than I thought there was going to be, so. I think a lot of people did sort of buy weekend passes and that. So mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware, it was it was a big success. So that's good. Um, okay, so in terms of the plot of this film, I didn't even read this out. But upon arriving in a small town where she has inherited a rundown mansion, a famous horror hostess battles an evil uncle and townspeople that want her burned at the stake. Bit extreme, isn't it? It kind of goes from right. I feel like this film jumps from being like, oh, she's a bit racy. She's a bit promiscuous we don't want her in this town to be in i think she's a bloody witch burner <laughs> it jumps so love, quickly from that i 
I love how they like found a rule book and they were like, oh, if we think people are doing witchcraft, we can burn them at the stake. And I'm pretty sure that's not how the, the law works in general. You can't just whip out an old book and go, oh, this is a rule. And we go, oh, OK, let's just burn her alive then. That's fine. You say that, but I'm pretty sure that's how America works. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how America works. I'm pretty sure they've just an got <laughs> lo- a, an old book or an old document that's falling apart at the seams. And it goes... <laughs> If you want, you can have. If you want, you can have hundred guns. If you want, you can have hundred guns. And they go, "Well, I ain't so sure about. That. I don't think that should be real." Says it's it your here. right. It's, 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 it's right. You. It's your right. Says it's your right. And it's signed here by the president. Many signed, signed here by a president who's who's been dead for hundreds of years, and he's just dust now. That's all right. Ah, I've got to take it seriously. Sorry, a bit controversial there. Didn't mean to jump into that. Um, <laughs> so. It starts with, so I like it on the plot description. The first thing it says is buxom. So of all the descriptions you can have for Elvira, you look at her, you look at her, and the first thing you say is buxom. Yes. Yeah. Um, so buxom Los Angeles TV hostess Elvira, mistress of the dark, quits her job um, at the station. So it looks like she has got big dreams to be have her own show in Las Vegas. She needs to stump up. 50 grand for the project for some reason i guess it's to i don't know book your slot can you can you come and perform for us in las vegas yeah it'll cost you 50 grand me me i mean i'm selling the tickets i'm putting bums in seats no you need to stump up 50 grand for the project seems unfair um so basically she quits her job because the station's new owner turns up and the first thing he does is take her up in time he literally says it's milking time. It's milking time. I mean, in terms of the, I know it's nineteen eighty-eight, right? And but and I know it's a very silly, se- silly, sexy comedy. So, but I must, I must admit, I was like, can I, can I say that? Can, can they say? Can they say that? It's definitely it's, the worst line in the film. It definitely is the he worst. He says it. It's milking time, and places his hand upon her breasts. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make any assumptions here. I'm just gonna ask you, it, au natural. I actually don't know. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. um, yeah, I don't. I actually don't know that. It's milking time, um, is what he says. And what does she do? She like suplexes him through the table. No, just pushing. Yeah. Him. That's right. She's pushing him back while there's like a news broadcast happening. Oh yeah, and it goes onto onto camera. Yeah, and it goes onto camera. And they push her onto it. And obviously, the does she straight out get sacked? Yeah, I think he sacked Enough. her. Yeah, so he's a new new person, new owner, isn't he? Yeah. So I think he's just like, yeah, not gonna work so, down again. And she's like, that? I think he's like, he's got like a little, um, he's got like a proper like Texan accent, hasn't he? Did you just do it? No. <laughs> God damn, it's milking time. Uh, probably every American listener. Is just gonna be like, nah, I've had enough now. Not just the <laughs> accent, not just the accent, but also the amendment <laughs> stuff. Sorry. Um, so it automatically puts Elvira in a sticky situation mm-hmm. because she needs 50 grand for this project. She just lost her job. Yeah. Um, but as timing would have it, well, she's talking to her agent. Agent, yeah. Agent guy who's like, hey, you're gonna need 50 grand for your life. <laughs> these guys he's like that sort of guy um uh, a telegram comes i mean who telegram. even uses a telegram well 1988 telegram still knocking about 
This is okay. the thing, right? It's kind of got a little bit of, even though set in 1988, because she's like this horror hostess who kind of, she's a bit, there's a bit of like a, this 1950s mm-hmm. sort of vibe to it and her, isn't there, a bit as well. Yeah. Um, and, and it leans into that a bit where it kind of like presents this small town in a way, this sort of like close-knit, this close-knit um, community of the small town she goes to almost does feel like a bit 1950s and it feels like she's yeah. st- stepped out of the future slash off of yeah. a spaceship like she's an slash, alien yeah yeah into this environment so it's weird it's like even though set in the 80s it's got this kind of like 50s sensibility that makes it kind of feel like kind of yeah. it's that whole thing of like she's this um sexy kind of unadulterated woman who comes into a very pc town like that whole like wholesome family town where you've got like little Timmy just riding along on his bike with a dog. And you know what I mean? It's all very suburban and very, yeah. Like you say, like oh, little Timmy. microwave meals on your lap, kind of plastic wrap on your sofa. It feels like um, what are they called? The, Oh God. Why can't I think of this? Housewives who are robots. Stepford wives. That's it. There's a yeah. bit of that. I'm getting a bit of that vibe from like everybody's kind of like just fake and kind of puts on this kind of mm. um, family friendly thing. But deep down, especially like the younger generation in the town as well, are all kind of eager and keen to kind of rebel. And there's mm-hmm. even like a few a few adults, especially like Bob. He was a weird character. I must admit, Bob is a weird character. Yeah. Um, he kind of is keen to like kind of like rebel against the sort of nature of the town as well okay so she gets a telegram and the telegram says she is the beneficiary of her deceased great aunt morgana um in fullwell massachusetts and she has like a little um dream sequence slash daydream fantasy moment where she inherits 50 grand <laughs> is it 50 grand I yeah, think she she, she inherits like dead on fifty grand. Yeah. And she's, oh my god! All my dreams. Oh, it's no, it's like she's on a. It's like she's on like. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I've got you. Like a uh, game show. Price of right or something, isn't it? Where she's like, oh, you've won this boat and you've won this cutlery set and you've won this and. Yeah, yeah. But, and also all this cash, so she kind of yeah. fantasizes that this is the answer to everything and it's gonna. But it's not as straightforward as that, even though it's pretty decent to be fair. Um. And to claim the inheritance, she travels to so the small town is called Fullwell, Massachusetts. Um, and when she gets there, so we get like a sequence where she goes and fills up, gets like gas filled up, and mm-hmm. what music is playing at this moment as well? Because she like kind of rolls into the town, everybody's looking. Yeah. She's playing her, just kind of like eighties like hair metal type music, isn't she? Yeah, and her car is obviously uh, convertible. She's got. Sunglasses like barbed, wire, barbed wire around like the rear view mirror and yeah the steering wheel's like looks like a chain mm-hmm. it is a cool uh, car it's a very cool car yeah and everybody as soon as she arrives we're introduced to like a lot of these characters the fuddy duddies like mm-hmm. chastity pariah and just like all the old people like, oh my god chastity pariah jesus <laughs> um but yeah her car immediately breaks down um as soon as she arrives and then she's like, "Hey, we're gonna get a get me to a garage around here." And all the all the teenagers of the town immediately come and help. Mm-hmm. Um, and they push her Boys. to to the garage. What happens with the teenage boys? So obviously, one of them is from Dream Warriors, and the other ones are just yeah, 
There's all a bunch of prepubescent, horny teenagers, aren't they? Pretty much, yeah. Who see it? Who see a bit of boob, and they're like, "I'll do anything for you." And they had, and they had like the stereotypical scene where like three of them snuck out with a camera in the night to like climb up to her bedroom window to take some pictures of her boobs, and it all went wrong. It's all very American Pie. That, yeah. that that moment but again like it's one of those things where like sure on the surface like that's a bit grubby but just by the nature of the film like mm-hmm. cassandra peterson's in on the joke and 100%. she's like in charge of the jokes like she's yeah yeah hmm. so it's fun isn't it? so another thing i thought i was going to mention is that obviously she's a bit older than perhaps like i don't know for some reason i kind of thought Maybe she became Elvira when she was super young, but she, I think she, so she became Elvira when she was in, in her 30s. Mm-hmm. And I think she kind of used that as a, an example of, I hate to say, I'm not, not, not by my standards before you come for me, <laughs> but by some standards, especially in terms of like the, of like Hollywood and the entertainment industry, I think she was like, oh, maybe 30s a bit over the hill. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of still doing it into my, I don't know if she's 70 now, but like she did this when she was like 30 odd and then 50 when she did the second film Mm -hmm. so I think she was always like an advocate for women of a certain age sort of still making a success of themselves and still being sort of considered a sex symbol um at that age again Mm -hmm. not by my standards sorry to keep (laughs) not by my standards but by some stupid standards you know I'm, I'm sure by some especially like in in the 80s as well you know yeah. There's bound to have been like some pockets of Hollywood, some wrongans who were like, how old is she? 30? Jesus Christ. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's obviously an advocate for for doing that at, at, at the age she did and continuing to make a success of it now. And, you know, there's probably a lot of horror fans or fans of hers who, who still look at her when she's 70 years old and go, <laughs> exactly like that. Exactly like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she goes to claim the inheritance from a lawyer dude and re- relatives of Morgana, who include the great uh, the great uncle, so the brother of Morgana, mm-hmm. and then like and then like the help, so like her driver. Yeah. And so. do we understand like what Morgana, how she's kind of perceived by the community? That was she kind of an outsider as well? Yeah, I think there's, um, is it Bob? I think he says something about her being quite um, ballsy and kind of outspoken. Um, so Why Why is Bob, no, sorry, why is great uncle Vincent Talbot British? Yeah. Hello, I live in this small town in Massachusetts. Yeah. And, uh, I think why... he's kind of estranged though, isn't he? Which is another reason why it's strange because I think he he mentions that Morgana and him don't see eye oh, to yeah. eye. They, they never saw eye to eye. So I'm yeah. not sure whether he lives there. I think he returns back there. Yeah, but he's got two. He's got two thugs. That's what I mean. That's what makes it strange. Like, did he bring them with him? Did he hire them once he landed? Did he go? You two look like a pair of ruffians. Come with me. It's kind of weird because he's kind of like a bit like a mob boss in, in the town, but then he's also like got some like cultish. I say cultish, but he's like the only one, really. Yeah. He's, he's a cult, a cultish cult following, but he's alone in in it. Yeah. Um, so it's weird, like the supernatural stuff. It only really kind of like starts dialing into that by like the final third of the film or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so what gets left to the help is like five grand each. Nice. Nice. And she's like, God, if the helper getting five grand, what am I going to get? She must have been absolutely loaded. Um, and then she leaves. And then to Elvira, she gets the house, a recipe book. Interesting. And Morgana's pet poodle, Algonquin. Also known as Gonk. She's re- I like how she renames the dog and then restyles him. Like he's been living his own life as Algonquin. Enjoying his time, and now he's been turned into a little punk rock poodle. Little punk. And what what I found a bit fascinating as well is that is Gonk his true form because like he's a familiar, isn't he? And at one point in the film, we see him turn into a Rottweiler. That mm. he still chose or chose to um, turn back into Gonk. Into Gonk. Maybe just so if you were it. familiar and you could become any animal that you wanted. Would you not go for something a bit better than a poodle? Yeah, but maybe he's grown to love his, his form as Algonquin. Um, maybe like Morgana said, right, you've got a you've got to be a poodle to, to just kind of hide hide in plain sight. Um and maybe. yeah, maybe grew to love the form and he's like, I'm sick of being a Rottweiler. Yeah. I just want to be a little baby poodle. Little baby poodle. And then Elvira comes along and dies in pink. Yeah, she sure does. He seems he seems all right with it though. I know he's like growling. He's a bit snarly first. Yeah. Apparently, where do we find? I think he's a bit of a vicious dog on set as well. Is that what we found? Yeah, out? Um, the person who introduced the film at the Forbidden Worlds thing said that um, they had to dub like some of the film because all you could hear was him like growling and barking. Bitted. Bitted. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do a bitted on a on everyone. He looks pretty angry in that picture behind you as well. He looks like he's ready to. Because he's looking in the mirror. He's looking at what she's done to him and he's like. Fuming. Fuming. Um, Yeah, and the lawyer. uh, So in the will, Morgana leaves the rest of her estate and worldly possessions to Uncle, Great Uncle Vincent, her Mm -hmm. brother, which is nothing. She's got nothing left. No money in the estate and no other possessions that aren't in the house. So unlucky. So it's her last from beyond the grave. It's her last middle finger up his arse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I guess what kind of continues now is Elvira's attitude and, and look and everything like that kind of turns this conservative red state town which probably is um against her including mm-hmm. there's a mo- there's a moment when gr- where great uncle vincent says i'll give you 50 dollars for for the recipe book because i want he wants the recipe book for some reason which is weird um and chastity Pariah walks past and hears her say yeah i'll do it for 50 dollars why not she, <laughs> thinks, she thinks she means something rude she does like a bloody hand job or something uh so what does she do she goes so first of all, she goes to a motel and like the couple living there are a bit weird. And they've got a young teenage daughter who is kind of a bit like what I guess kind of wants to be a bit rebellious, but they're so strict on her that she doesn't really get the opportunity to do that. Um, then she goes to a diner as well, which is where Elvira meets the thugs. Mm-hmm. And they oh, both again. like proper try it on with her. They're horrible, aren't they? Like they, yeah. That bit was a bit horrible. I can't remember what they even say. What did they even I say? I can't remember what they said, but then she just gets their beers, doesn't she? And she just pours them into their laps. 
How do you feel about that? That was a power move. Power move. I have a bloody beer, beer, beery lap. I have a beery, um, frothy lap. And that is where, <laughs> frothy lap. And that's where Bob sees her as well. He's kind of like, oh, he's, he's bit, that. I think he's a bit of a meathead, Bob. Like, yeah. this is weird. This is why I can't, I, I don't understand his role in the film. Because initially, when he's introduced, I was like, he's going to be a bad guy of sorts. If you're a bad guy, he's just going to be bothersome because he is proper, yeah. kind of like almost like. <sighs> he's a big hunk of man. He's a big hunk of man who seems like he's um. Something I was going to say, thick behind the ears, but that's not a thing, is it? He's a bit. <laughs> he's got. <laughs> he's got nothing going on between his ears. Uh, he's got yeah. crust of bread behind his ears. I don't know. <laughs> so and there's there's like a. Um, a bar bartender woman who works in the uh, bowling alley called Patty, who's clearly got, she's clearly got f- fake boobies in, and there's a bit of boob envy going on. I think yeah. between her and Elvira, they've got an interesting little relationship going on. Um, it gets quite sinister. Uh, and then Bob, like, yeah, so he befriends her, and Elvira's automatically like, "Well, look a bit of you. Let's get it yeah. on or something." Yeah, she, she, goes, she doesn't play it cool at all, does she? She's just like. Come here. And she goes to kiss him and he just fucks off. He feels a bit asexual to me. There's yeah, something he, about him that's a bit. Yeah, because there's a couple of scenes where they're both in it. And like there's one where they're on the sofa at opposite ends and she's like creeping up slowly. And he looks like he wants to die. He's just literally like, oh my God, please don't let her come any closer to me. I reckon he's he lived in that small town his whole life. He's He's a virgin. He's never once felt the touch of a woman. Um, or man, he's never felt once, uh, and he's mm-hmm. repressed himself sexually for so long that now his his penis is shriveled up like a little raisin, possibly. And then someone like Elvira walks into town, and he's like, "I'm so confused." Does this make me feel my raisin aches? <laughs> aches me so. Um, so yeah, he's like a theatre operator who's like playing films, and he's like, "Oh." I'll give you a job, but we're almost going out of business because he's playing the shittest, most boring films, like, I don't know, The Ugly Duckling or something. Uh, it's, called well, like, it's called like How to Duck or something, wasn't it? And then there's the bit where she oh, yeah. got the E and then falls down the ladder a bit and that chastity sees it and it looks like it says How to Fuck. Yeah. And so she's all like, ah! Everything Elvira does um, seems to be seen or misconstrued by the conservative... Yeah. They've got like um, um, a town hall sort of like meeting slash there's like a teacher and chastity and a lawyer and they're kind of like the town uh, town elders is not the right word but you know what I mean like a like a council town council yeah 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 that's what that's that's a much better way of putting it town council who clearly always seem to just be like it's like um neighborhood watch on steroids where there's like oh, yeah, oh, yeah. somebody yeah. somebody put the teaspoon and a coffee spoon in the cafe just nonsense like that and obviously the fact that Elvira's just wandered in they look immediately like want to get rid of her yeah like, um, you don't fit in here nobody wants you here nobody wants you here you don't fit in um and then so I think we skipped ahead a little bit with talking about that but there's a bit where great uncle Vincent goes round to get the cookbook but Gonk hides the cookbook. Okay. He hides it. So he obviously knows that the cook there's more to the cookbook than meets the eye. 
Um, and he hides it under the sofa, and obviously Vincent can't get it. Um, he's again, he, he? and she's a bit like, oh, "All right, mate. All right, mate. It's, only, it's only a cookbook." And she's like, kickback. She's like immediately keen to sell the house as well, and she finds out from the lawyer that you know, she if she did the house up a bit, she could probably get. 70 grand for it which is 50 grand for las vegas and 20 grand to do with as you please mm-hmm. um costumes for the show and various things like that um so yeah she obviously gets down to because the house is like run down spooky uh seems like she'd be right at home there but obviously she doesn't want to live in a house in this town where like nothing's happening and everyone around is a boring old fuddy daddy mm. Uh, so she enlists the help of the teenager population in the town to help her uh, do the house up. And I, oh, I think it's initially because they tried to film her. They tried to take some photos of her when she's oh, yeah. getting undressed. So she kind of, again, she's not particularly offended by it, but she's bloody hell, silly boys. Uh, boys will be boys. Boys will be boys and take Polaroid photos of a woman getting undressed with, with the flash on. With the flash on. That was the worst bit. The flash was like filled out the whole room with light and we were like, oh yeah, I didn't notice that. Have you ever tried to take a photo with a flash on like through a window? It just reflects back off the window. <laughs> that sounds dodgy. It sounds like, why I would I have done that? Like you've got a bit of experience with the... Well, I just know I've, I've talked for weeks, <laughs> right? I just know that's what I'm saying, right? Well, I'm not trying to say I've taken a photo through a window. Why would I need to? All right. But yeah, that's what I, that that's what annoys me, right? Especially when like at a gig, say, and you stood fifty people back, and someone takes the a photo with the flash on. You're like, the photo is just going to get the flash of all the back of people's heads. You're not going to yeah. see what's on stage. Why have you got the flash on? You don't need the flash. It's lit up on stage for God's sake. Human. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so she gets to get those teenagers, including those boys, and they tell their mates, and they even like, I guess they put some money together to go and buy some paint and I think um, one of the kids' dad owns the hardware store or yeah. something like that. But then there's a bit where there's some lads that turn up and they pay the original lads to join. Like they they definitely oh, give them yeah. money. It's almost like they're selling, like, oh yeah, you want to come around over his house and paint it. $20. And Elvira is like pretty much oblivious to the fact that, that they're doing that, right? Is that what we're supposed to think? I think so, yeah. And she's, she's like she's just making nonchalant comments like, what did she say? Um, oh go grab a go grab a tool and start banging or something. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. And she's I'll like bent over and they're all like <laughs> <laughs> they're all like what? Oh bloody hell. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, obviously that happens, and they paint the house like super bright colours. Um, it seems yeah, like, oh, should we do the house up? Yeah, let's just paint the outside. Inside's the same. Inside's the um, same. Outside, and also it must have been about a good fifteen different colours on that house. So that would have cost a lot in paint. Yeah, I see. I feel like the house originally I would have looked at and gone, brilliant. Let's that, that'd be fun to do up. And afterwards, you'd be like, oh, it's ruined. That's the moment when she's like, oh, it's perfect. I'm like, not on a buyer's market. It's not. No one's going to want to buy that house while it looks like that. Everyone knows you've got to go back to basic. One colour. Everybody knows beige. Um, there's like 
a lawyer bloke comes around as well, who's played by Kurt Fuller, who's going to like basically try and help her sell the house. And oh, like, he was much, he, he was like much a immediately. Hate, wasn't he? he was all just like couldn't control if you himself. Want me, if you want me to help you sell the house, basically, I'm going to want to. You have to sort me out. That's basically what he says, and she kicks yeah. him out, which is fair enough. But that was a yeah. bit unexpected, mm. and uh, I don't know if that character turns up again. Maybe he does. I'm sure he does. I some... think he's in the the scene with everybody at the fate picnic. 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 So, I think around about now is when it's kind of revealed what Great Uncle Vincent is into, because obviously he's been trying to get. He's fueling the hostility of the townspeople towards Elvira, um, and he wants the cookbook because it's got some something in it that seems to aid to the fact that he's actually a sort of cult-like figure. So it says warlock here, so I guess like some sort of warlock who's going to use these this it, the information that's in this book to somehow it says conquer the world here. It kind of feels like his maybe his goals are a little bit smaller than that to start with. He wants Elvira gone, and he probably wants to take over the town. Um, yeah, so Elvira's trying to get a job, and everyone's like, Oh, what you can't work here? What are you on about? Look at look at look at you, you'll distract our customers slash workforce clientele. Um, and that is when she gets the idea to show some movies at the theater where Bob works. And those movies she's going to show are going to be like the crappy horror movies that she's obviously that she did present mm. on the TV and kind of do her show and do her old shtick thing. And obviously she knows her target audience as well. Um, she's got her head screwed on. So it's all the teenagers of the town. She goes to the bowl alley again and does like a uh, pretends to get upset about the teenagers being essentially banned from being seen with her. Cause there was a scene earlier with the, with the, uh, the council again. And they're saying if any teenagers are seen, in the presence of Elvira, they will get suspended immediately. So they're obviously re- all really scared to uh, uh, be seen with her or hang out with her in any way. But they, she says, come to a secret screening of this film tonight. Um, how does she, does she make some money for this? I'm assuming she's trying um, to make some money for this. Yeah, she's trying to make some money, isn't she? Because yeah, she, I think she's just realising that she needs to... Is it just to pay for the car? I can't remember now. Maybe pay for the car to get fixed. Maybe could just pay to like sort of stay there. Yeah. I guess, for now, I don't know. Yeah. It's a bit. It's a bit. I mean, she definitely wasn't going to make fifty thousand pounds, was she, from that? So it couldn't have been for that. No, fifty grand. Mm. All, and then the film ends. Everything's fine. Also, this goes on forever because after the after the night of the cinema, which you remember, she says it's going to start at midnight. Right? Yeah. But then they end up back at Elvira's house where she like makes a dinner. And yeah, like, yeah, and all... those and two of the two of the teenagers are there as well, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to go home in a minute." And I'm thinking they've watched the film. This is like you're looking at three, four o'clock in the morning at this point. Yeah, and obviously um, Elvira's I'll... trying to. Yeah, sorry. Go go... No, I was just saying that they um go back because um what was her name? I can't remember what you said her name was. The one from the bowling alley. She pulls Patty. a carry. Yeah, Patty pulls a oh carry my God, on her. Yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah. Patty obviously finds finds out what's happening, goes there, pulls a carry mm. on her. But what is it? It's like it's tar, tar, tar and feathers, no. yeah. Because she feathers, had yeah. she had glitter in it because she does the dance and flash dance. Yeah, and then she does the famous bit where she sits on the chair, pulls the le- like the rope and the bucket of 
but she um I don't know how or why she finds it in a cinema but Patty apparently finds a bag full of feathers and some tar just a hand classic Classic home, a, home Alone pranks, yeah, Home Alone tracks. switcheroo in the bucket and, yeah, pulls a carry on her. And then, obviously, oh, yeah, because also they obviously have to go home. Elvira has to, like, clean up yeah. with, like, petrol. Cause that oh, yeah, breaks you see, yeah. Tired, it? yeah. Um, so she has this bath and then they watch a film, I think, and then they're yeah. having to, this is like an all-nighter. They should have gone, this is the next night, but it just seems to go on all night. Because um, mm-hmm. when the teenagers go home, um, Elvira's trying it on with Bob, and again, this is where he's like, "Oh, oh, I'd rather not. Uh, don't you want a bit? Oh, can you do? Can you rustle up a bit of dinner for me? <laughs> rustle up a bit of dinner." And she goes, "Yeah." As it happens, I've got a really, I've got this brand new cookbook, and I think as soon as you open the cookbook, I go, first of all, who's cooking in the middle of the night? Second of all, very it's unappetizing. Latin, it? It's, in, it's Latin. Like in Latin. It's just like a load of." What she thinks are spices, but obviously they're um, ancient spell ingredients Ingredient. or whatever. Mm. Um, makes you feel a bit sick, this scene, actually, because this... It is a bit horrible. Like, there's, like, wormy things, and you just would look at that and go, why is that in a jar in the cupboard? But she goes, she calls it a casserole, but I'm like, I don't know about you, but if I've been out late and I get home... Last thing you want is a casserole, yeah. A burger, you know, some sort of... A pizza. You know, Bit of pizza, something for the chippy, yeah. uh, warm up the egg for a rice that you've got in the fit. A casserole? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm really well. craving some boiled carrots. I know it's not boiled carrots, it's worms and shit. But, oh my God, can you imagine it? If if we got home from any night out or we've been out for the evening, if we went to watch Elvira at the IMAX and then we got home and I went, I'm starving. Should we, uh, should we, get, some, should we get something to eat? Have got anything in the ash? And you went, I'm going to slow cook on all day. <laughs> I've had the slow cooker on all day, so this, this casserole's ready to go. Do you want a dumpling, one dumpling or two? I'd say, get fucked. That's what I'd say. I'd say, no. That bloody slow cooker. That bloody slow cooker. Um, so, yeah, so she makes this spell, essentially, and when she brings it out to Bob, and he's, like, sat in the... I don't know if I've imagined this, but in my head he's got, like, a tea towel, <laughs> and he's got a knife and fork, like, waiting... And when she opens it, it's like an horrible bloody creature coming out. It's like an horrible. You know what it looked like? Do you remember those? Um, they came. They're toys in the early nineties, I think. That went on your boglin. Like, yeah, yeah. It looked like one of them, didn't it? It did look like a boglin. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. Andy Conduit Turner, co-host, uh, is a fan of a boglin. I'm pretty sure he's yeah. mentioned boglins more than once <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, if anyone's like playing boglin, boglin bingo out there. You've got another. You can you can thank Charlie because we've got Boglins. Boglin big. They, they were weird, though, weren't they? They were weird. Yeah. What could you do with it apart from? They like... have they have made a resurgence. <clears throat> I think I've seen them on um, um, Mad About Horror. Is it on Instagram? Like the Was store, it... like a horror merchandise store, uh, store. And I'm sure I've seen them for sale on there recently. So I think they might be coming back in a weird way. Everything comes back eventually. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So Andy will love that. He can get his boggling on. He can get his knowing what to get him for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. A boggling. Ten bogglings. Um <laughs> So yeah, this horrible creature comes out and then they put it in, they're obviously, they wrestle with it. They put it in a... Uh, the waste disposal. Waste disposal thing, which I think 
you know, we haven't got them in the UK, so it's kind of weird. Um, how how much how much attention they get in movies like they're always used for like appendage removal or some sort of violence guinea pig can't be good um and then basically after that is when elvira finds out that the cookbook was actually her mother divana's spell book and morgana hid who did she hide elvira yeah she hid elvira and took her to and that's when we see baby Elvira being dropped off the orphanage. <laughs> what does baby baby Elvira look like? Looks like Elvira. It has the eye makeup and the lip. <laughs> and the hair. And it's just a bit it's funny. It is funny. It's funny that there's obviously a baby on set and they've gone, right. All face of makeup. Get that makeup on that baby, will you? Oh, I don't know if I signed up. For, I don't know if I signed up for this. Nah, go on. Go on. Go, on. Go on, it'll be a laugh. It'll be a laugh. Give that baby some makeup. All right, then. You know, <laughs> um, so hid her as an infant at like an orphanage to protect her from Vincent. With the um the gem, the red, like the yeah. amulet or the stone. Someone would add that away. Someone, some some dodgy person who works at the orphanage, like the one yeah. dodgy person. What's that? That baby's got a little amulet slash gem that could be worth a lot of money. I'm having that. Baby can't fight back. I think it would have been nuns though, so. Nuns don't uh, have personal possession. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there's some evil nuns out there. There's definitely one I can think of. Oh, yeah. Valak. What's her name? Valak. Valak. Valak, yeah. Or just um, the nun. So <laughs> the nun. Elvira finds out a bit about this and obviously understands a bit about her past. And then she wants to get her own back on everybody at the... Oh, it's called the Morality Club, which is basically the... Jupiter's. The do-gooders, everyone, and they're having a lovely picnic. To be fair, all the food at this picnic looks like slop. Horrible, horrible, warm slop. It was all a bunch of casseroles, wasn't it, really? Everyone. Also, Elvira takes the... So she makes the casserole again, using all the ingredients, because she's like, I want to unleash the creature on the morality club at this picnic for revenge. She takes it, she puts it on the table, she hides in the bushes. Um, But... She's done it incorrectly. She's obviously missed one or two ingredients, but it looks horrible. Like all of the people who were like serving themselves it, they're eating it. "Mm, Delicious. And it's like, but look at it. Why are we even eating it? If I saw that, I'd just go, that's not for me. It's beige slop. Nobody wants that. But stringy as well, though, isn't it? It's like stringy and a bit. No. But everybody enjoys it and it has like an aphrodisiac effect. And all of the everybody there essentially starts behaving like sexually, yeah. dancing, horny, taking her clothes off. Um, I guess like everything, everything that they stand against, mm-hmm. they're sort of against. Well, somebody please think of the children. That sort of act. That's what they're like. <laughs> yeah. They stand against that, but they sort they're of loving they're, it. they're loving it. And Absolutely like, loving it. Does someone sit on someone's face? Yeah. Like, yeah, someone definitely did. Yeah, someone's like, Oh, is this seat taken? Jesus yeah. Christ, can you imagine? Why did you do that? Why did you sit on someone's face? I had a horny casserole, all right. <laughs> <laughs> My belly was full of horny casserole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Elvira's kind of observing from this bush. Uh, and I think Bob turns up as well and he's like, What's bloody going on here then? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that, they're having they had some of your casseroles, well, they um. And then I think Vincent turns up again, and this time he's like, 
I think he realizes that that's he realizes, the effect. Yeah, she's like, oh, she's she's found out what the recipe book really is. That bloody recipe book. Um, and now he says, I'll give, uh, even though it's full of load of magic, I'll give you five hundred dollars for it. I mean, Elvira needs fifty grand. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're t- close, isn't it? Yeah, if you turn around, um, and then I think Patty doesn't Patty confront Elvira as well around about this point, which is when they have a little punch up or a little punch up yeah and then her top flies off and she's it turns out that she's got like the padded bra i mean i mean no one's gonna think that it's like stuff with foam they'd have no they're they're pointy aren't they like madonna like they'd have no weight they'd have no weight to them you'd like be running she's working in the bowling alley someone goes someone spilt sprite on uh bowling alley number two she'd run over there's no weight to them. They're just like big floaty. Oh, I anyway, thought you were so going to say you should get on the floor and like mop it up with them. Well, you could do that. You'd, with, the I sponge, think you'd, you'd, with the sponges. You'd want them full of liquid because at least they'd have a bit of weight to them. But mm. um, she gets punched, which is which is fair, I think. And she gets punched so hard that her boobs fall off. <laughs> which, you know. Punched her tits but, clean off. Did you punch my tits clean off? Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, yeah. So that happens. Obviously, Patty's fuming. And now we get to essentially what is the final act ish of the film which is where vincent obviously they're all pissed off because they got there's no, they haven't ever town meeting where they're all like accusing yeah, each and other they're all being, blaming each other aren't they going like oh you he's sat on my face, face. you sat on my face oh it's a casserole but yeah sounds like a shit excuse if someone said that they did something like that and they went i had a i had a casserole that made me do it you'd be like what that's yeah. mental, what you're saying. That is bizarre. So, yeah, obviously that's happening. But then Vincent turns up and he basically tells all the townspeople that Elvira's a witch. She's been mucking about with witchcraft. It's illegal in this state. And if you look at this old book, old bit of legislation that I've got that looks I've a bit dodgy. Found from the local library. It's written in Sharpie. Basically, if we want, and she and she has been doing witchcraft, if we decide that she has, which we do, we could just burn her at the stake. Oh, yeah. And they all go, um, well, there we go. Problem solved. And that is a whole bit goes a bit wicker, man, doesn't it? With all of the seemingly nice, normal, well, I don't want to say nice, but seemingly normal, conservative townsfolk all deciding that the, the murder is pretty much fair. Yeah, building a couple of pyres because they even make a little one for gonks, don't they? <laughs> Where are they going to burn? The they say, "Oh, don't worry, I'm not going to burn you to the dog." And yeah. then he looks out, and there's like a little, a little yeah, dog he's, pile. He's like that, and Elvira's like, "Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> you're going to get burned as well." Because it's pretty sinister. Like I know, obviously, it's still portrayed as being like a silly sort of comedy at this stage, but it's pretty sinister when you think about it. Like, oh god, they're literally going to burn her because they're burning outsiders. They're burning someone they don't understand to preserve the, uh, the innocence of the town i guess but mm-hmm. it, it in, in that the way they're participating yeah what a lot worse um the murderers bloody murderers so yeah they oh. arrest her first the, the teenagers like they try to free her from jail but they break into the wrong jail cell from above oh that's very frustrating we've all been there we've all been there <laughs> we've all been there. um so they accidentally lock themselves in a different cell um and when they lead Elvira out onto the this was stressful because like I was like she's on that burning pyre for so long and all all around about this time Bob is like trying to get the spell book from the mansion um and he's kind of fighting 
Vincent and his goons. Um, and it's all, yeah, she's on, the, she's burning, she's on the pyre that's like lit for ages. And it's Patty who ends up lighting it as well. Um, just, it's all, it's all pretty sinister. Um, and then, but then Algonquin decides to turn into a rat. A li- oh, yeah, yeah, turns into a little rat, doesn't he? And then does a, does a, what would have been a very long trek for a little rat. <laughs> Like how you've applied the well, his legs are like ten times smaller than usual. <laughs> a meter for him yeah. would be like ten meters. Exactly. So she's burning at the stake, and he's just like, I'll turn to the smallest possible animal I can. Let me quickly just turn into a um, tiny little ant and take like an hour to get to the house. Yeah, um, but I guess well, he frees. So Bob gets like tied up at the mansion, so he goes and like mm-hmm. chews him free again. That'd take ages. Um, that's when he turned then, into a Rottweiler as well, wasn't it? That's when he turned into a Rottweiler. Yes, that's pretty cool. I guess mm. it was a bit. Conf- I was a bit confused initially. I was like, "Oh, what? Oh, okay." So we saw the Rottweiler as a familiar earlier when Elvira mm. got dropped off at the orphanage, mm. um, and then I can't remember exactly how or why Elvira realizes that the ring is like powerful for some reason. I, I think she's really points, doesn't she? She's got it on. Yeah, she points, points at the sky. And then, like, there's a thunderbolt, like. There's a thunderbolt and the uh, rain comes down. Obviously, the pyre goes out. Mm-hmm. She manages to escape. Um, and then she gets like into a final battle at the mansion with um, Vincent. So Vincent, who's looks a bit, he's kind of transformed now into a. Yeah, he's almost gone like a bit like Buffy the Vampire Slayer type, like where. <laughs> You know, yeah, he's gone all like this. He's got like some spikes coming out of him. Are you a vampire? No. Are you I'm a vampire a now? Yeah, I'm a vampire now. Look, I've got a furrowed, <laughs> yeah, a furrowed I've got the brow. Lines on my head now. I've got the lines and on the my eyebrows head that go up like that. Yeah. So they have like a, I guess like it's a magic battle, isn't it? She, he's got like, basically the whole house catches on fire as well. He's mm. got. She's got the ring. No, I think actually Vincent ends up with the ring at some point. He ends up with the ring because she does that weird thing where she goes to do that and point, but the ring's obviously loose on her finger. And as she goes like that, it comes off and just flies in the air and he catches it. So it's a bit annoying. They have have a final battle. Mm. Um, She banishes Vincent to the underworld. The house is destroyed. All the magical artifacts are destroyed as well, apparently, says here, but I'm not entirely Mm. convinced by that. yeah, and then the next day, that's kind of like the end of the, of of that part. And then the next day, Elvira is planning to leave town. Her car has been fixed. Um, what's the kind of do over here? Are we supposed to think that she's sold the house, or she's gonna sell the house, or? Oh no, wait, it burned down, didn't it? Yeah, screwed. it burned down. Yeah. A- absolutely screwed. But now, um, like all the all the townspeople, like love her now. And it's it like, doesn't make any sense. But you it? never saw them have that conversation. Like, if you saw them have it, like another meeting, and they went, "Oh, maybe we were too hasty, or we've done yeah. this, we've done that." But there's none of that. They're just all there with flowers and casseroles and all sorts. It's, it's, it's really jarring because I'd be like, no matter yeah. what you bring to give me the next yeah, day, you tried to set me on fire and kill me. You tried to set night. me on fire like twelve hours ago. Yeah, like no amount of casserole is going to fix that now. No amount of horny casserole is ever going to be enough. Yeah. Never enough. Um, so, yeah. And then her 
No, I was about to say, no, no, that's it. Her car turns up and her car's been fixed. Um, I think she gives Bob a kiss. But the reason she realizes that she's got a load of dough now is because Elvira, as Vincent's only living relative, has inherited his entire estate, which gives her enough money to open that Las Vegas show. Uh, and then we cut to her performing her Las Vegas number where she's in a sort of spider mm-hmm. uniform. She's got a load of dancers. Mm-hmm. She's loving life. She's got a lovely Las Vegas show. It's a lovely, happy ending for Elvira. And then yeah. there's another movie, Elvira's Haunted Hills. Is it like directly linked to this one? Um, I can't really remember. I know that, I think like, I feel in fact what I remember is quite a similar film where she ends up going somewhere to do something and well, it says, yeah. it's, oh, just looking now, it says it's in, set in 1851. Oh, is it? So it's like a sort of past. It's one of them past films, isn't it? Yeah, it's one, I think I might have only seen Haunted Hills once, maybe twice. Not yeah, seen it well, as much as Mistress of the Dark. Well, I think I think we said we were going to watch. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely maybe sure. that one, if we can find it um, somewhere. And that's mm. that. That is Elvira. Mistress of the Dark. I've got a little bit of, of, of name game. I apologise in advance, as I apologised to John Crinan last week, because um, without Andy's input, I must admit, I definitely struggle a little bit. Do you want me to explain to you how name game works? Um, I think I know. Okay, I'll just explain it very briefly. So basically, yeah. I'll give you a plot of the film, um, which the plot of the film, based on my clues, will... <laughs> This is horrible, and I really, really am sorry for this. Um, based on the clues, we'll make up a horror movie title that sounds very similar to Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, I, I'll give you, I'll give you a clue. I've replaced the word Elvira, mm-hmm. and I, and I've replaced the word dark. So okay. it's going to be wait there, no, sorry, it's going to be. Elvira something, Mistress of the something. No, sorry, something, Mistress of the something. Okay, yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, so, first one. <laughs> Upon arriving in a small town where she has inherited a rundown mansion, a famous horror hostess battles an evil dog in tight-fitting cycling gear. <laughs> I'm thinking mistress of, mistress of the Bark Mistress of the Bark is correct right, the, first bit, the first bit is L something uh, tight fitting cycling gear L L tight fitting cycling gear Lycra yes correct L Lycra <laughs> mistress of the Bark <laughs> the dog it's a dog in tight fitting, uh, like I'm sorry, I did apologize <laughs> in advance. Okay, next one. Upon, ev- upon arriving in a small town where she's inherited a rundown mansion, a famous horror hostess battles the host of America's Next Top Model, who's got some very cutting comments for her and the way she's dressed. Tyra, El Tyra, mistress, mistress of the like. You know, a bit of a bitchy comment. Snark? Correct. Tyra, mistress of the snark. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Get, they're getting worse. 
<laughs> Upon arriving in a small town where she's inherited a rundown mansion, a famous horror hostess battles, goes toe to toe with um, a scary, <laughs> a scary sharp toothed sea fish. Um, but she goes toe to toe with it. Sea fish, scary jewels. Da, 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 oh, da, shark. Da, da. Okay, mistress of the shark. Mistress of the shark, but she goes toe to toe with it. L. L. <laughs> um. No, I don't know. L fighter. <laughs> Mistress of the Shark. They're getting worse. This one's going to be even, even worse. Okay. Um... <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Okay, I can't even be begin to start. Okay. Upon arriving in a small town where she's inherited a rundown mansion, a famous, a famous horror hostess is challenged to make a video that is popular on the internet with a woman from from a Nordic country in Northern Europe. Elviral. Correct. Elviral. Just of. They bloody love bacon. Danish. They love. They love bacon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Danish. Elviral, mistress of. If you're Danish, if you're from what country? Denmark. Elvira, mistress of Denmark. <laughs> Jesus. Now, <laughs> some some may say they're awful. I'd say it's probably my best work. I mean, yeah, you you had a hard one to work with. Hard one to work with, but I think you did pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you five out of five. Well, thank you very much. Which is nice, isn't it? Okay, so that's that. That's Elvira. We've got to rate the film now. Rate good or rate bad from A to F. How are you going to rate this film? It's difficult for me because I'm quite biased. So um, I'm going to put it uh, an A, A minus. There's definitely some work for it. But for me, I just, yeah, I just love it. I love it. I love it in all its campy everything. I just, so you, just yeah. you described it initially as a carry-on film, but I think it's kind of... I mean, I'm not really a big fan of carry-on films anyway. I think it's probably better than carry-on films. Oh, no, it definitely the... is, yeah. I mean, because it's obviously a bit later in that, but with the relying on, like, the boob jokes and that sort of stuff, but it works and it's classier because it's her making the jokes, not the men. That makes yeah. sense. It's um, kind of... Yeah. yeah, like my my, my favourite gag in it is when um, she falls and hits her head and Bob says to her, like, oh, how's your head? And she's like, I haven't had many complaints. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, Fair like, shame. if that was the other way around in a carry-on film, it would feel a little bit like... Yeah. You know I mean? But because it's not, it's she's not... making that joke, it just kind of... Yeah, yeah. it's not it's not grubby. It's kind no, of like, she's kind not. of like owning that sexuality and Absolutely. Kind of having a good time with it. A yeah. minus. I'll probably go for, a, I mean, I'll go for a B, maybe a B plus. Just because I didn't have a particular um, familiarity with the character and I was never 
like a big fan and that and kind of going into it, I was a bit apprehensive because I kind of thought, oh, if it is a bit like a carry on film, like, am I just going to be annoyed by it? But I think Cassandra Peterson is, she's got really good comic timing. And I just think from, from that standpoint, she kind of does pretty much just carry the whole film, but in a way that it is, it is kind of enjoyable and it did, it did make me laugh. Um, and for that, for that reason, we don't we don't do many comedies on this podcast, so for that reason, I think I'll give her a, a B plus. Why not? B plus. Wow. B plus. Okay, thank you very much, Charlie Stanbury. Yes. I will see you in a matter of seconds <laughs> when we reconvene in the. I'm trying to say like we got hundred rooms in this house. We'll reconvene in, in, in the study and in talk the, about, in the, talk about room. in the drawing room. We'll talk about your performance on the, the Horror Hangout podcast. We'll have, thank you, thank you very much for joining me. It's been fun. You can come back on the show another time if you like. Maybe yeah. in another two hundred and fifty episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, anniversary um, one. It'll be like the return of John. the Mac. Return of the Mac. Yeah. Um, do you want to direct anybody to any of your social media if they want to follow you or see what kind of stuff? Um, yeah, so I have got my Instagram profile, which is the Ginger Nerd Girl, which started off as a bit of an amalgamation of things that I enjoy, like games and books, but it has kind of just gone very much in a horror direction towards okay. the end of it. So, yeah, if anyone wanted to check that out, just, just yeah, just musings of things that I've watched and... There's some like cosplays and stuff like that that I've done. So yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag of just horror related um, content. Oh, very nice. Mm. I'll put the link to that in the show notes for anybody who wants to wants to follow that. If you've enjoyed this episode and you want more Charlie, please let us know on social media. If you want less Charlie, uh, no, of course not. I would, I would <laughs> I'll just ignore that comment. Um, okay, so thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout thanks to all of our current patrons who include john crinnan ben scaife stephen christopher laura kendrick toby miller lane spencer ollie child leslie carlo julia bilgren nick spill troy bursch and pazuzu thanks to all of you for your support very nice of you uh, not pazuzu thanks to taj easton for our theme music thanks to Acast for hosting the show Please consider giving us a rating or review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. Um, we're on Twitter at horror, horror underscore hangout underscore. We're on Instagram at Horror Hangout Podcast. We've recently joined TikTok as well at Horror Hangout Podcast. Uh, and we've made a Facebook page as well, just Horror Hangout Podcast. Give that a little search. Next week, we're covering The Rage Carry 2. We don't do many sequels on this show, so that would be looking forward to that. That would be good um yeah so thanks again charlie and thanks everybody for listening oh thank you for having me <laughs> no problem now we wave and say bye see bye. you later Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.